The best fantasy show on Amazon Prime is not The Rings of Power. It is not The Wheel of Time. It is, without a doubt, Vox Machina. Uh, I love this show. It's based on the Critical Role tabletop campaign. Uh, it's it's hilarious. It's action-packed. Sometimes it's very dark. Sometimes it's very violent. Uh, it's definitely not safe for work. Um, but it's a great show. Uh, I loved season one so much. I've watched it three times. And season two is just about to air. Uh, in just a couple days, actually, on Amazon Prime. So in, in this interview, I talk with Ashley Johnson, who plays Pike. And you'll, you'll know Ashley Johnson also is in the new Last of Us show. She, she also played Ellie in the video games. Uh, Travis Willingham, who plays Grog. Uh, Matthew Mercer does a bunch of different voices. Uh, he, he, he plays in the first season, the villain. And he plays in a, a villain in the second season as well. Uh, Taliesin Jaffe, who plays Percy. And... Um, yeah, so we talk with these uh, amazing voice actors and actors who who do such a good job in this show, who are all executive producers in the show. Uh, I have a, a part two with, with several more actors. They are also executive producers in the show. And um, it's just a, it's a wonderful show. I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, we just talk about season two and kind of, you know, shoot the shit about this and that. So uh, enjoy. Yeah, I'm Eric Kane. I write for Forbes. And uh, hi, nice to meet all of you. How do you? I've I've watched the first season of Vox Machina three times already. So oh shit! Uh, oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, but I've but I've never watched Critical Role. So uh, going into this with that perspective, um, I know that's it's weird, but you know. Oh, we love that. It's my favorite. Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, um. So yeah, so I thought we'd go maybe one by one. You guys could say your names, your character, and one unique thing or flaw about your character that makes them distinct in this story. Nice, Maddie, go. Okay, uh, I I voice a number of characters, but in this season, I primarily voice Umbrasil. Uh, there's one of the dragons of the Chroma Conclave. Uh, they are a terrifying ancient uh, beast uh, of sly intellect and greedy uh, intent. And uh, one of their major flaws is they are a slimy weasel that is out for themselves. Nice. Talison? Uh, my name is Talison Jaffe. I voice uh, Percival de Rolo and he thinks, despite all evidence to the contrary, that he is always the smartest person in the room. <laughs> hey, Jack. Boy, oh boy. Well, I am Ashley Johnson, and I play Pike Trickfoot, who is the healer of the group and the resident mama bear. And I feel like a flaw of hers would probably be um, she has a hard time trusting and believing in herself. And so that's been part of her journey. Nice. Uh, I'm Travis Willingham. I play Grog Strongjaw, who is easily the highest thinker of the group, an <laughs> intellect and scholar of incredible rehab. Uh, Grog is a, is a lovable mountain of muscle um, who uh, loves shiny things, is easily distracted by anything that moves or twinkles. Um, but is also capable of tremendous uh, feats of rage. Um, but, uh, you know, his biggest fault is uh, that he often forgets, like, where uh, his strength and really where his foundation uh, comes from. And he thinks that he can solve anything by punching it or, or smashing it. Uh, and he will learn from his, his friends that it's it's more about, it's more than that. We'll leave it there. Nice. 
Um, I was I always think that flaws are a more interesting way to think about characters, you know, than in a, especially in a campaign, um, necessarily yeah. than strengths, you know. Um, so speaking of like taking a campaign and and translating it to a TV show. I mean, what were some of the the challenges of of bringing these characters and these stories from a free flowing campaign into a scripted and um, you know more linear story? Uh, well, I'll I'll jump off here and say one of the benefits of adapting from the campaign is we know where the story is going and we can you know very clearly see the the, the kind of the general trajectory of where it'll eventually get to. Um, but the challenge then lies in taking hundreds of hours of us improvising through this story and condensing it down to the important beats for the overall narrative and the, the moments that are important to us as players and for the characters that the players are you know played at the table. And so that has been a, a, an extensive challenge, but a, a, a really thrilling one too, to like sit down together and talk about which moments are important, uh, which things can change or can be uh, you know, rearranged in the timeline to still fit them in, uh, which things can be plussed now that it's not improvised and we have the time uh, and the, the group mindset of you know, making things even a little more cool than they were at the table. Um, so it's definitely, definitely presented some challenges, but nothing that hasn't been its own exciting uh, endeavor to jump towards. Um, I think what you is kind this... of nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great answer. Uh, what's what does the process look like? Like, how do you like how collaborative is this? How do how do you go from that campaign to like the writers' room to this this the the process of actually developing the show? Like, what is everybody's involvement here? It's an it's an interesting one, right? It's it's actually been one of the great joys of the process in bringing outside writers into the IP. Now we're so familiar with it. We have the moments that we love. We're we're pretty familiar with what what fans uh, responded to and what they're expecting to see. Um, but the nice thing about working with our amazing partners at Amazon and these writers is that they're coming to it with fresh eyes and a fresh perspective. So if as we're moving through something, they say like, I don't quite understand this, or why is this relationship the way that it is, or can we hit this more so that it makes sense? We are, in fact, working it from the outside in to make sure that people that are coming to the show new, like your, yourself, who've never seen, you know, the hundreds of hours of live play are getting a story delivery that's interesting, funny, captivating, and wants you, uh, makes you want to come back for more. Um, and we're hoping for many, many seasons of this show. We don't, we don't try and tell stories in a, in a truc truncated sense, but um, it's really interesting, you know, sitting there picking the moments from the stories and then and then bringing them together and going, how can we keep it fresh for our existing fans, and how can we tweak it and maybe streamline it a bit more so that uh, you know it'll deliver a story that really keeps people cap captivated. So you know, bringing those fresh eyes to it, I think, was was the one of the secret ingredients in all of it. Yeah, and to jump off that too, like we are we're all executive producers in the project, so we're collaborating with all the writers uh, and the showrunner at pretty much every stage. Sam and Travis are helming, uh, you know, the, the lion's share of our perspective through the entire process. And every script goes through the entire cast for punch-ups and for to make sure the dialogue uh, matches the tone of the characters and the intent that we want and kind of to ensure that we're all still moving in lockstep and that everything is genuine and honest to what we originally created. So it sounds like a lot of moving pieces that shouldn't work and cause a lot of terrifying complications. Uh, but thankfully, 
we care about each other a lot and care about this a lot. And everyone we've been partnering with has been very, not just respectful of that dynamic, but also has been an absolute pleasure to work with. It's worked out wonderfully in many ways that we were scared it wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, what what have been some surprises going into into this project? Like some some things that you you know weren't really expecting, but but popped up and. I can say just from an animation perspective, um, the design process has been perhaps one of the most rewarding. Seeing things actually come to life, seeing artists take you know their takes on uh, weapons, items, vestiges, backgrounds, costumes, all those things. That's really fun for us. But the challenge of animating a show with so many main characters, a large group, I think most animation studios will tell you is, is, is fairly high. You're just tracking a lot of different characters and trying to figure out how to deliver a story where there isn't a, a posse of people moving um, and having to be drawn at a really high quality level. Um, add to that, off of season one, four massive ancient dragons. It, it definitely caught uh, our, our Titmouse an animation studio peers. Not by surprise, but you know we we often joke that you know we had to sit them down, give them a back massage, you know, buy them dinner, give them a couple of drinks, and apologize in advance. Um, but they found a really fantastic way to blend um, some CG assets with 2D, and we feel deliver a really interesting take on dragons where you can see the intelligence, you can see their personalities, you can feel the dynamic between them as they're you know going about their machinations. Um, and we won't lie, it was a, it was a thing that we really had to uh, adapt to. It was a, it was a big challenge. And so as we move forward in the story, the question we frequently get from our animators is, how many other big monsters? What other big things are there? <laughs> how much more of this are we doing? And you know, we'll we'll say like, hey, the chrom the chromacon is a doozy. So once we get to the end of that, maybe there's a respite in your future. <laughs> Um, I would say the characters in season one who maybe underwent the largest sort of dynamic arcs were more Pike and Percy. Uh, Pike with her struggles with her own faith and 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 Percy with his obviously horrifying, tragic childhood and background that was mm. pretty dark. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> he got revenge, so everything's fine now, right? Um, totally. That's how PTSD works, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Everybody knows. It's, it's, the, it's the new it's the new therapy, the new trendy therapy. This is uh, the <laughs> So going in so those two characters, I guess, going into season two, uh, what what does their journey look like from here? Like they had this sort of they had a pretty uh important story to to, to go through in season one. Where are they in season two? It, with within what you can actually talk about without spoiling, obviously I'm that's kind of I'm tricky. excited to. to <laughs> I mean, like we get to explore everybody else a little bit too, which is very exciting, and then I'm I'm excited to help that along as a the character uh, Percy is really in a in a good position to uh, help everyone or a lot of a lot of the uh, of the group anyway, like really explore who they are, not because he's okay, uh, but because uh, he's. Uh, racked with shame and guilt and is making bad decisions which force people to confront their problems so uh yeah per percy's a bit of a mess uh and just keeps kind of he makes a few bad decisions because uh he really wants to impress everybody that he's not a complete fuck up i mean bouncing off that i feel like i mean this whole group is a little bit of a mess which is 
somewhat endearing, I think. And um, I feel like with Pike sort of in, in this part of her, her journey, she's still in that weird middle space with her faith of trying to figure out, you know, is it, is it my faith or is some of it from me and sort of trying to find a middle ground with those two of, of marrying the two and, um, yeah, and she's just constantly worrying about everybody. I think she just wants everybody to just be happy and safe and alive. And um, that's just Pike's continuous journey of of being Mother Hen. Or she just wants everyone to like him. <laughs> oh. Doesn't care what happens to the rest of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious if 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 these two characters kind of had the if I'm right about it and they they had the sort of more important dynamic arcs in season one who are who takes that role in season two? Who, yeah, the 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 really juicy arcs. Uh, I mean, the first one that we're going to jump into is the twins, right? I think a lot of people were left after season two going like, well, "Who are these two? Where did they come from? How did they find their way into this group?" I mean, that's the the question for all these characters. Um, so we're going to get a really healthy dive into who the, the twins are in the early part of the season. Um, we will uh, visit some of their homesteads and we will get a nice peek into Grog and Pike's relationship and how that started, uh, where their beginnings came from, uh, as well as well as seeing Akilith in the incredible collection of Ashari across Exandria. We're going to visit um, her backstory and everything that lies in wait for her, especially her, her real responsibility as she completes her, her Aramente. So it's, it, for us, it's really exciting to set up, um, you know, the expectations that are on the shoulders of some of these characters and, and start to plant the seeds of, of where the story is going to go. And it sounds like it'll be much more globetrotting. Uh, oh, yeah. Locations. Yes. We're, ju we're jumping off Taldore. We're leaving. On a jet, <laughs> singing doesn't translate in, in this. Okay. But we don't have Scanlan with us, so no, that's um, true. In spirit, leave it to the bard. In yes, in spirit. <laughs> um, yeah, I've watched. I've only watched the beginning of season two so far, so I'm I am not that far in. But um, no so far, so good. Yes. Uh, um, okay, so uh, what what did you take from season one? Like that was your your first foray into creating this show, obviously. Now, what did you learn from that experience that you've taken into season two with you that, that you that you sort of feel like, okay, now we can do this better or we learned this lesson from, you know, what we fucked up the first time around or whatever? <laughs> Sorry, pardon my friend. Uh, but no, you no. guys swear constantly in the show. So oh, yeah, I don't exactly. <laughs> it's totally fine. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, what season one was, uh, one, one of its main um, purposes was to establish right for not just our old fans what the show looks like what the characters are going to be like what the what the dynamics are like but for people that are coming to it for the first time where is this place what do these characters want and where are they going what are some of the things they're coming up against now that we've done a lot of that establishing and gotten that out of the way we're really trying to zero in on the individual stories what makes them tick what happens when they come up against their own individual challenges and in this little group, this family of theirs, you know, where are the little mini relationships? Who becomes stronger? Where who gets tested? Um, where does fracture or friction start to um, develop? And that that for us was 
really the beauty of tabletop RPG storytelling because you can go in really, really deep on those things. You can go in with a microscope and really flush out what the individual personalities are like, what are their quirks. And, and for us, that's the challenge is to be able to deliver those as well in this animated medium, especially in a half hour uh, uh, format. Um, and so season two will be much more about getting into these characters, getting into their minds, what's at stake for them uh, as they move forward, and then really realizing what uh, what lies ahead for all of them in, a, in the grander scale of Exandria. God, I tried to answer that all in one. What about great. you guys? <laughs> Shut up. Um, I, I learned how, how, uh, how rickety my home studio is and desperately tried to improve it. <laughs> uh, better, better blankets is really what I, I learned. <laughs> well, yeah, because this, this you you were working during COVID um, mm. for for a lot of this, I, I, take, I yeah. imagine, right? Yeah. Which must have been its own just like huge challenge. Yeah, that that has definitely been its continuous challenge, having us all recording separately. Uh, and for most projects, we we all do voiceover for other things. That is definitely uh, one thing we do miss is being able to record as an ensemble together. Uh, the benefit of what it is we're doing uh, for Legend of Vox Machina is it's, it's, a, it's a story that we all lived for five years, you know, three of which were on stream. Uh, we know these characters intimately, in and out, and the relationships and dynamics uh, are second nature to us. So even when we're having to record independently, we all have a very strong sense of each other's performances and our, our emotional, you know, uh, energy and being able to kind of still feel like we're present and expect what the dialogue would sound like as we record separately and it's been really cool to to watch it come together in the edits and see how how well it ends up coming out at the end even though we know most of this was recorded at great distances and at different times so that's 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 definitely been a challenge um so it, it it looks like quite a few guest stars are, are coming to season two. Who, who's who are you excited to? Who are you excited to work with on this project? Who are you excited for for audiences to see? Who can we talk hear? about? <laughs> well, anybody that's been announced, which is a lot of them. So okay, you can just call about <laughs> yeah. Henry uh, Winkler. I was going to say, can we talk about Henry Winkler yet? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's announced. All right, Henry Winkler. Yeah, he was announced. <laughs> the Fonz, we love him in Barry. You know, we yeah, were just yeah. looking for that. That older wise sound that also had so much outward empathy and heart. Oh, so good. <laughs> I am Lance such, Reddick. Yeah, I was about to say, Lance Reddick. I've, I've been Do such it. a fan of his work for so long, since The Wire, uh, Corporate, like uh, Destiny. Like I've, He's just such an incredible performer, both in uh, drama and comedy. And to, to he was kind of like one of those... Can we get him to do Thordak? You know, I would love for him to portray like the 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 dangerous leader essentially of the Chroma Conclave. I think he'd be a wonderful take on it. And then when he accepted and then continued to just blow my whole idea of him out of the water, I I'm it, I, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> also, also you're gonna say Cheech it, yeah. Marin. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, big <laughs> Pretty good. Play. Who's yeah. Cheech? Without Can without you, spoilers, you might have you might have heard him in one of the uh, trailers uh, for for season two. Okay, he, he appears in a very psychedelic scene as one of the most <laughs> beloved characters of, of my or of Vox Market, Excuse me. Nice. Um, so uh, we, I think we're just about out of time, but I I, I I assume that a lot of people who 
watch the campaigns and watch the show who are inspired by all of you are and wanting to get into voice acting do you have any like tips or or suggestions or ideas for for people who are trying to get into this business and and do what you guys do yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll hop off in uh, this top here and say, uh, you know, voiceover, uh, particularly in like animation, video games, uh, it, it is it is acting. So uh, having having a nice voice, having able to do impressions, those are useful tools. But the core of it is still being able to perform. And when I say perform, that the context is you'll you know you're given a character with minimal context, a script that more more often than not you didn't get a chance to see in advance. And you're put within a glass booth, you know, glass and foam booth, uh, uh, with little to no preparation, across from a room of five, six people, and an audio engineer that goes, "Okay, first line, go." And so, <laughs> uh, it's it can be a very intimidating thing. So through practice, both learning as a performer and just reading, cold reading uh, dialogue, and and just honing your ability as a performer is a huge part of it beyond just the voice aspect of it. Awesome. Yeah. Don't yeah. Don't don't learn a Henry Winkler impersonation. They've already got one, and he's probably better. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I I think we have to wrap. Um, I've got the notification. So, uh, thank you so much for your time. It's great meeting all of you, and I'm great really looking forward to the season. And congratulations and everything. So, thank yeah. you. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you, man. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.